It is feast week, known as the best week in college basketball outside of conference tournament time and the weekend of March Madness, mm. beginning with the first and second rounds. Uh, Timmy, how are you doing today? Because this has been a great start to feast week. A ton of great games. Yes. Uh, Battle for Atlantis is into the thick of things. The Fort Myers tip off is going to happen as of tonight's recording. How are you feeling? Oh, my God. Evil, it's great to see you. It's November 24th while we're doing this. So whenever you're listening, doing some Thanksgiving traveling, I am sorry if you are a part of the family that got stuck with uh, the going and you weren't part of the crew where everyone was coming to you. Although I don't, I'm, we could argue which is worse. You know, going might be better when everybody else has to take care of it and you're infiltrating someone else's system because things get a little bit extra anxious and stressful when the family comes to you and they start changing the channel on your TV and you're like, oh, I don't want to watch this basketball game. I mean, you got Texas A&M on. I'm like, well, sorry, I want to watch Texas A&M. <laughs> Lay off me. No, it's it's great, man. So uh, we certainly appreciate everybody listening out there that has enjoyed the pod so far and uh, hope everybody's going to have a happy Thanksgiving. You're right, man. Feast week. It's... It's a little bit of March Madness here in November. And as Buckeye fans, boy, did we feel it. Everything that you could ask for in that Seton Hall game at the Fort Myers tip-off, you had shitty officiating. <laughs> you had, And again, you're going to have to deal with that 10 times for the rest of the year, so you better stomach it. You had the Holt man picking up a tee. You had a 12-point lead over a really tough, grizzled veteran Seton Hall team. You gave it up. And then you had one of your young bucks, Michi Johnson, hit a dagger three right at the end of the game. So I'm stoked for all of it. Well, I think one of the things you look at, and you talk about the, the refs and whatnot, that's all, always going to happen throughout the season, but it's how you respond to it. And I look at little statistics to see how that goes. And one of the things I saw right off the back is the free throw percentage. That's one thing that can go if you let that stuff get to your head. They shot 88% from the line as a team. It was a really great performance in that, in that aspect. Uh, we saw... a a great, great effort by Justin Arns. When his shot's going, man, let him get in there and let him rip, man. He can put him in the basket if he gets in a rhythm. Well, uh, I want to hear more of your take on where this Buckeye team is going, and uh, we're going to talk some holiday tournaments as well, everything that we have loved, what we missed from not having it in the pandemic season, a little story about the Duke Blue Devils that's out there as well. So settle in, enjoy your trip, or whether you're sitting by the fire, whether you've got some pie already that you're munching on before a Thanksgiving meal, anything, it's all game. This is Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He makes it! Just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. Frank. Oh! 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 oh. Sent it in, Jerome! <laughs> College basketball. This is March Madness. So we've been talking about Feast Week, and we teased in that cold open. We had to talk about this game right away because, quite honestly, it was a very shockingly, surprisingly well in a good way, shocking game between Ohio State and Seton Hall. Yes. And, and by the way, the, the tale of that open, we got that game finally. This is the second Big East opponent in a row that Ohio State has faced. We saw them go on the road to the Cintas Center since the last time we did a podcast. That was a great environment. I thought the Buckeyes played like crap. 
the first half performance was no good, but the Gus Johnson clip that was from the Ohio state Xavier game and the famous Ron Lewis shot where he's just looking for things to say until they kick it back to break to come back for the overtime. Ha ha CBS college basketball, March madness. This is March madness. So no, uh, they, they didn't perform well against Xavier, but my premonition was correct. I mean, there were so many Buckeye fans. I think you're guilty too. You're a very negative fan. A lot of times I got to talk you off when your ledge. When it's deserving. You it, get yeah, very negative. 100%. Get very negative about the Bucks. Like, oh, I don't know how they're going to deal with these Seton Hall guards. Get guards for days. I'm like, yeah. Which is so know, funny because that is the one thing. I'll say to Roden <laughs> and give Jared Roden all the credit. He's well, a Brent, great Bryce player. Bryce Aiken started to play and, and Aiken in the too. second and, half. And Aiken came you know to, what? As, to play. As a fan of the entire sport, I'm very happy to see Bryce Aiken back on the big stage. Six playing year really, guy. really well. Because Six year guy. This is a guy that's been decimated by injuries just like Seth Townsend. Yeah. And it's like his buddy at Harvard. Yeah, if you remember that they were a really good one two duo back there in the Ivy League. Yeah. Seth hopefully can catch up. And again, like we wish him the best. And he's he's kind of been an afterthought with Buckeye basketball because he just hasn't been able to be available. And hopefully that changes. But you know, to what I was saying, it, it seemed like a lot of people in our in our hardcore diehard Buckeye basketball fan base, which we know is not like the biggest one, but everyone that's that's in that crew, we love you. We're here for you. Was hearing a lot about the Bucks not really having a chance against Seton Hall, which I just, I got to tell you guys, if you think that way, you got to check yourselves because this is early season college basketball. And there are a lot of moving parts to this. It's not like Seton Hall is some national title contender. Well, they might be. I, again, I, I firmly believe be. I firmly believe they're the second best team in the big East. There, there you go. And th- when you're already at that point, as you grow throughout the season, if you don't have that critical injury at the wrong time, it's all about getting everything right in late February, in early March. So to to think that the Buckeyes couldn't win a basketball game this early in the season, it, it was a great sign that they did, that they came to play. Absolutely. We know that they're hurt a little bit. Kyle Young is still getting his conditioning up. There's no Seth Towns. There's no Justice Suing, who is a, a crucial component to the wheel with Buckeye basketball. And yeah, man, your, your thoughts, deeper thoughts from you. I want on Justin Arns. Cause I think he's been a much maligned player and we haven't liked his uh, defensive intensity at times. And sure. just the fact that he hasn't hunted any other shot besides a three is something that's perplexed us. But if it's only the three Which that he's going to hunt, he yeah. shot, he shot eight shots. Yep. They were all from the three point. Line. I know, but Hey, if he's going to hunt, Hunt the three. You, but you know? know what? That's Do what I want to see. I want to see him be aggressive with it because it, this is the thing. If he's hot and he gets it going, like he can start rolling with yeah. it. He shot five for five for eight from three in this game. Like if he is aggressive with it, he's got a chance to get on a roll. That's what sometimes I get frustrated with is that sometimes he can be a little hesitant to find a shot in some of the big games. But it's good to see him come against a top 25 team to actually look for it because it paid off for you. It was big. Those 17 points were massive in the end of this game. I want to I listen to uh, the Holt man real quick. And uh, he was talking about another young guy that's going to be very, very important. And I want to get your thoughts on what you see his ceiling. But when you hit a big shot like that, maybe it's not the shot that you want as a fan. Again, in a tie game, you don't take the timeout. I'm fine with that, not taking the timeout. But the three, when you're tied and you have 15 seconds left. But, hey, you know, all's fair. You win the game. It's really all you wanted this time. You win by three. Michi Johnson with that big shot and what that can do going forward. It's amazing. Two of our, what, first five games right now have been keyed by freshmen in the last possession. Uh, I think that's that's probably that's a first for me. Uh, I think to have two in the first five 
that are both keyed by by freshmen, and that, and that's what Michi is. Let's, you know, he wasn't here this time last year, so to to his credit, he got the shot off one. We knew what we were going to run in that situation. Uh, he got the shot off and made a heck of a play, and players win games. Chris Holtman on Ohio State's network postgame show from Learfield there. Yeah, so Michi Johnson, again, his ceiling is through the roof, man. Like the, the joke about Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. Well, not for him. He can go through it because he's got the capabilities of being an outside shooter. He can distribute the ball if he needs to. What I like to see is he only had two turnovers in this game. You'd like to see it get even smaller if it's possible, but yeah. that is one thing I've been focusing on in his game early on in this year. Was the last one his or EJ's? I wonder who that got I believe that to. was EJ based off of the pass. They should each get a half a turnover <laughs> for that. Right. I mean, they if, shared that one. He because he was yelling at EJ for the ball. Did you see that? You saw that, right? Both his hands are up in the sky. He's like EJ, EJ. No, it, like, it, no, don't yell for the ball. There, he's going to throw a cross court pass back towards Seton Hall's hoop. I'd like EJ also to just avoid that and say, no, I can't pass you the ball. They're going to have to foul me. The shot clock's basically off now yes, that I chased out, which chasing down your rebound for EJ, by the way, very savvy. But that's the thing. If you're, anyway. I, and that's off topic, but you talk about EJ, that's the thing where you want him. He, he was shot 10 for 10 from the line. Just hold the ball. Yeah. Take you go it, back man. to the line and you win. You're the guy. You should yeah. want the ball in that situation. And now I get it. It's, it's live. You don't know. Maybe the shot clock isn't off. Like, I know, I it's, but that's, it's, part it's of being, that's part of being an elite player. Of course. If you're going to be one of the best players in America, which he, he is, right? We've seen EJ is one of the five best players in America. You are high if you don't believe so. Like, he is up there. He is the total package. I think he showed you his three-level scoring on his first three buckets of the game. I think it was inside, mid-range, three-pointer. He loves that top-of-the-key three, too. But, yeah, you, you can't go throwing that pass You've got to develop that awareness late game. He knows he'll learn from that. But back to what Holtman was saying, you talked about Michi. Malachi Branham was the other guy I mentioned because he was critical in a in saving a win. What are we talking about with this Buckeye basketball team if they lost that game to Akron? Thank God they won it. Now you pick up the big one against Seton Hall. And I'm. it's so good, too, because now you get an extra tournament resume-boosting chance oh, that's against big. Florida. It's that's big, big just to win the game and get the game against the Gators and not play crappy Cal. I've been telling you that since the beginning. Yeah. When I saw this matchup, you Gotta want to it. make it to that second yeah. game, yeah. quote-unquote championship game, because it's another resume-boosting type of game. Cal is great because you would just blow them out by 20. That's you don't great. want that. You're it's not a, here for that. It's an emotional boost, but yeah. it does nothing for your resume. Exactly right. the point. Uh, no, going back to Michi Johnson, I, I think – what we're seeing with not just him, but also Sotos in that backcourt, that's a really big development to see him get 19 minutes, uh, six points off the bench, really efficient. And I think that's a guy, Sotos, who could be really influential in terms of ball possession when you need a guy to handle the ball out of the backcourt. And you're going to see it tonight as of this recording with Florida. They will press you a little bit. I believe they're going to have to lean a little bit on Sotos to be a ball handler in that situation. I thought Jimmy was huge absolutely huge you just know that you're not going to have any big mistakes made and it's beyond that too he'll actually knock down a shot he made that uh that like nine footer that was in the paint where he made a cut and ohio kinda, state yeah. had some pretty movement on offense and i gotta give them credit for that they have had a lot of possessions where they've cycled the basketball They've had some cutting action into the paint. They've made it difficult for defenses playing man-to-man on switches to stay on top of. And you don't see that shot taken a lot in college basketball. And, hey, man, 
I find myself eight feet from the hoop. I'm sort of in that right part of the paint where maybe one of my one foot's outside the paint, one foot's in. I'm just on an angle, but I'm looking clean right to the hoop. A lot of times they miss that shot, you know? <laughs> it's too easy. You blow it. Right. He took the shot. I think he was perfect from the field in the game. It's a pretty good stuff from from Jimmy. So, yeah, this this too, real quick. So whenever you listen to this, it might be after the game, but you got to pause. I got to ask you as a as a Buckeye basketball fan, lifer, mm-hmm. this is a historical matchup. You get the Gators and the Buckeyes. There was a, a phase where it was all about Ohio State versus Florida in both sports, right? Something that you probably. It's when the worlds collide, you'll never see that happen again. I, I do not think so. In the same year, in the same championship season, you get the college football national championship, the NCAA basketball national championship, the same two programs, and, and believe, the same team wins. I believe they played them earlier in the season at Florida, too, that year. Yeah, there was the the early season game. Yes. So this is just nuts. I mean, I that has to be the last. I haven't been, I've been pouring over the game notes for this one in the time that we've had, but... We can't dream up of another Florida-Ohio State basketball matchup since, right? I can't think of one. Same with the Xavier game? I, I think it might be along the okay. lines of that. But no, you'll, th- you'll call us on this if you guys look this up on your phones <laughs> now as you're, as you're listening. But this is, this is going to be great fun tonight and a, and a, and a good opportunity. This is going to be great. No, this is, is going to be a tough matchup down low. And uh, this is going to be a, a matchup where you're going to have to call out your guys like Zed Key and Joey Bronk, and maybe even a little bit of Kyle Young and EJ Liddell, but this Colin Castleton kid who's averaging about seven points a game, uh, I think he's a seven-footer or something around there. Yeah, 6'11". So he's 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 a true traditional big. Uh, I think the way that they're going to play him today is they're going to try to let him catch the ball as far away from the basket as possible because he's not very good off the dribble, mm-hmm. and his mid-range isn't really there. But if he catches it anywhere near within five feet of the basket, you could be in trouble. Uh, this is a thing with uh, Myron Jones. We recognize that name. He played at Penn State the past couple of years. He transferred down there, uh, 12 and a half points a game. He's also their main guy at f- uh, the guard position. They're very much up tempo. Mike White likes to press you pretty much all game long if you really can, if he has a rotation to do it. Uh, so, like I said, Sotos is going to be a really key part to, of this backcourt, being able to handle handle the ball, bringing it up the court. Uh, Michi Johnson, can he keep his turnovers low, especially against a press? And then Jamari Wheeler, can we see that strong defense against a guy like Jones who can get his buckets wherever he wants to? Uh, how are they going to handle that? All right, so a quick zero-second break. Holiday Hoops Heaven, that Duke story we promised, and a special surprise, too, because I got to catch up with a Buckeye basketball player, former player who hit one of the most iconic shots in program history other than Ron Lewis because they asked me to do something for network pregame for the Florida game coming up. So it was a three- or four-minute catch-up. We'll throw that in on the end of the podcast. And again, catch the breath. Zero second break for all you guys listening, which is great. We'll finish this thing up. So, Tim, you had a story you wanted to bring up. I'm curious to hear what you're talking about. Yeah, so... We look at the Duke Blue Devils, right? We've we've paid attention to these guys off the start of the season. Why wouldn't we? They're coming to town. A couple of guys here in Columbus, Ohio, loving on the Buckeyes. 
Paolo Bancaro, right? He's the real deal. Yeah. You look at these bigs. Chet Holmgren, by the way, also real deal. Looks like the wind's going to blow him away. It might. It might. Standing straight, shoulders straight, back straight, whatever the, the 21 Pilots song plays. I love those guys, by the way. But Paolo Bancaro, he was in the car with Coach K's grandson, who's a part of the team. Yeah. And there was this DWI-related charge. And, you know, he got... Uh, he got had to sit out a game, right? This happened on November 14th, and he spoke for the first time here recently, earlier this week, aiding and abetting impaired driving. You're in the car, even though you're not the one doing it. It's almost like the uh, Good Samaritan law from Seinfeld, whereas if you see something bad that's going on and you don't attempt to stop it, yes. you could just serve life in prison, right? Like, <laughs> that's the, it's it's on you, right? And it's, it's not a great thing, but again, you're not going to – crush these kids and not let them move on with their lives for mistakes. You just hope that it's it's the last time, especially when it's, uh, you know, operating a motor vehicle. When you've had something, we understand you're in college. There might be some libations consumed. We live in the real world, even though you're not 21, but you got to learn. You can't get behind the wheel. We've, we've seen it happen here recently and right. it, mistakes can be made and you might not ever get another shot, but he uh, had a career high 28 points in Monday's 107-81 win over the Citadel, where we hope the Citadel's coach is okay as uh, he collapsed in that game as well. So some crazy things that were going on. Yeah, sidebar story, update you on that. But Paolo Bancaro, he's a critical player for the Duke Blue Devils. Interesting that it was Coach K's grandson because he had a big effect on their season last year. Yes. But uh, they, it, they'll move on and they'll be fine. It's here. all rumor and conjecture, but I believe that was kind of the leaked information. that It was a walk-on that got COVID last year and then kind of led to them not playing in the ACC tournament uh, I believe it then was Severino that was rumored to be the walk-on that was in that position. But uh, no, it was kind of curious when that came out. And then I think the news came out the day of the game because the incident happened the morning of the day prior. And then mm-hmm. Ben Carroll yeah. played in that game, no restrictions at all, no suspension or anything. It kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And then other people were like, yeah, you know, that's it, it's understandable not to suspend him for something like that. I, I don't, I'm not going to argue the merit of whether you should or should not, but it's just... It's uh, it's not a great way to start off your career, I would say, at Duke. No, it's not. But if that's the only, he's only going to be there for one year. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Let that be the only thing. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I think, I think the you, it's almost like Jack Miller here at Ohio State, where the charge got dropped. Yeah. Thank, thank God, nothing happened. Right. Thank God, nobody got hurt, or whatever I was doing, wherever I was on the roadway. I just got pulled over by a cop and there was no accident there. There was no cars colliding, that type of thing. So, so you're good there. They had the other thing I just mentioned, the Citadel's coach, he's, he's okay. He's 61 years old. Uh, coach Duggar, right. Was taken to a hospital after collapsing. This was only a minute into the game on I, Monday night. I did not see that. I, I know. I know the Cameron crazies can really crawl up in you like that. <laughs> I know from being on press row, they're like zero inches from your back shoulders, but yeah, he collapsed, and he he's fine. Their assistant, uh, their associate head coach, Jack Castleberry, had to take over, and it was a 107-81 game. They scored buckets of points, but Duke scored more buckets into triple figures, and that's uh, that's quite an, uh, that's quite a Cameron indoor experience, right? <laughs> you lose your head coach, your assistant. Oh, God, I got to take over now. I thought they played pretty good. They were only down like 10 at the half or something like not that. Not bad. Not bad, right? But anyway, uh, the, the special guest we're going to tack on at the end of the pod here 
will be Matt Sylvester. So that's great, man. Hopefully, no, yeah, you guys enjoy that. It's one of the earliest memories I have, at least of college basketball. And to be honest with you, it's still shocking to this day. You, you took down a juggernaut. I mean, it's stuff out of a movie. It really is. I mean, it's Matt Sylvester was part of Ohio State. I think like they they did everything but win the national championship. It was the golden era of Buckeye basketball. Yep. And we understand now how hard that was to do because you're getting to possibly the 10-year mark removed from winning a Big Ten championship and making a, even a Sweet 16 run. That's how hard it is to do. And with Thad pocketing nine Big Ten titles between regular season and tournament championships, that's insane. And Matt Sylvester was one of those guys that – got the program up and running. It was a bit, it was a seminal moment. You would call that and how this program was built, but we'll, we'll leave the folks with some feast week. And what, what's your favorite one? I mean, I'm always and forever. I, I did love the great Alaskan shootout. I oh, really gosh, wanted yeah. to take the trip to Alaska and check that one out. You think of Duke playing in that one that has, to, there has to be stories of how they even got Trajan Langdon and Carlos Boozer from making those appearances in the great Alaskan shootout. It was that in the Maui back in the day. Now it's the Maui still the, the lead dog in the race, even though there's like 15 to 20 of them. They're in Vegas this year. The Maui great sponsor Maui gym. I mean, it was just, it's right there for you. It's right there for you. Maui gym. It's got the name in it. It's almost redundant. Then we're going to go back to the Lahaina Civic Center next year, and we're back in business. That's great. And shout out to our guy, Matty Andrews, because he would be the beneficiary of going on that trip. Matt, um, do you need a bellboy? I'll roll your luggage for you. I'll, I'll run the board. If you need like a statistician or anything, like <laughs> call me up. Oh, you're totally in the running for that with what you do for Buckeye football. Now you can, no. you could possibly work well, your way the into issue. that. I believe because of the, the week that this falls on, he wouldn't be able to do the Michigan game, which is why he would be covering the Maui trip. Or what if I poison Matt's food or <laughs> slip him a Mickey? Would there ever be, there's still, there'd be no chance in hell. They'd let me do basketball play by play. They had me do some football play by play filling in for Matt. Uh, high school football, not Buckeye football, everyone that's listening. No, that that's crazy. That's crazy talk. No, I, I honestly, I don't know who they would go with after that, but um, I, I don't know if you should. <laughs> there isn't I, a guy. I'm not right? suggesting you even think of that. That guy no. doesn't exist yet. <laughs> no, you don't want me to poison him, but. There's, but no, I, I think yeah. it's, it's clearly the Battle for Atlantis and Maui. That's and the Battle much, for Atlantis yeah. was gone. The Buckeyes were supposed to be there last year. So the bluish hue in the audience, it's back, baby. It's great. No, and I was talking to our guy, Matty Ice, here who works, works at the station. He says he loves watching basketball games where the only thing lit is the court. Like, this, you can't see the stands or anything in the ballroom. Right. It's just the court that's getting all the light action. Yeah, the field, I uh, go back to the Maui, the field that they had for this, Wisconsin, Oregon, St. Mary's. I was watching St. Mary's and the Ducks. You are a big Randy Bennett guy. Houston, Butler, you're a big Butler guy. They stink right now. They can't beat anybody good. It's A&M and Notre Dame were there too, so big field. Uh, it's a big field. It's not a very star-studded field. Uh, they kind of lost a lot, with, especially with Wisconsin losing all the super seniors. Uh, it's okay. I, I Wisconsin think might be sneaky nice. Might be sneaky nice. They could be. Chucky Hepburn, I, baby. Hepburn's nice. Uh, Stephen Crowell, who's really shown out for mm -hmm. me, is yeah. playing pretty well. Uh, and then obviously Brad Davidson's the lead there and all the headaches he's going to cause coaches for the next year or so. And maybe even gets another extension on his career going into next year. Who knows? The guy seems like he's in college basketball forever. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm really looking forward to a possible matchup, at least 
if Michigan State could make it to the final and they could see a Baylor team that I think is really fascinating. I don't know if they fit their number six bill, but Baylor's still a very good team with a good amount of guards. Yeah, I know another team that you love, by the way, a couple top 25 teams while we're recording this, UConn and Auburn. When uh, yeah. that's also at the battle for Atlantis that, you know, we got up. We've got two they, screens. They actually, the winner plays Michigan State. Winner plays Michigan State yes. because Loyola, yes. We uh, we love our Hilliard guy who plays for Braden, the Loyola. Braden Norris, yes. Braden Norris, the Norris family. Uh, definitely going to have to make a call. Uh, I'm sure one of them, one of those guys would be happy to come on the podcast and help us out. That'd be a lot of fun for everybody. UConn and Auburn, though. Uh, good game late. I know you're a big Husky guy. Were they in the final four? You'd have to go back down the list for our final four For me, picks. no. I had Arkansas, Michigan, uh, okay. Gonzaga, and UCLA. Arkansas and Cincinnati. Props to Wes Miller and the Bearcats My for goodness. a solid what start. Great game. To, what they did to Illinois is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Scary thing for Illinois and good things for Cincinnati. Il- Illinois has got some issues outside of Kofi. They do. They got to get better quick. Yeah, big time. Their guards, I mean, they got to find a consistent scoring threat outside of Corbello at the guard spot, but even then, you can't really count on him to be that number two every single night. All right, man. Uh, it's just just enjoy it. All right, everybody oh, out great. there, everybody out there that loves this sport as much as we do. Feast week, like you said, it's a. I know it's been a dream of yours, been a dream of mine to one day take a trip. You know, my ultimate is still going to be Maui. I mean, oh, just without a doubt. Think about doubt. when whenever I'm retired from this biz, and it's like the the first year after retirement, it's take the family, make the trip to to Hawaii, have Thanksgiving out. I'd love to do a Thanksgiving where not only are you not going to someone else's place, you're just <laughs> letting a restaurant or some some other entity do the whole thing. You don't have to you do just any of the cooking, anything. Yeah. No, it's all it's all in the house. I don't care what I eat. Forget the turkey. I don't care what it is. Wh- whatever traditional Hawaiian thing you would have out there, fine. Lay it on me. I'll nice, do it. Nice seafood dinner. Absolutely. Yeah. Fine. Let's go. So uh, enjoy all the holiday hoops. Nothing better for us outside of March Madness, gearing up in November, and then we get to conference play, so it's fantastic. Colin, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm going back to my family's place. I'll try to watch a little bit of the NFL and then throw on any of these Thursday games that are going to be to be determined until we figure out some of these results as of this recording day. But uh, no, yeah, just kind of keeping one eye on the football and one eye on the basketball. Even all your family members that I haven't had the pleasure to meet yet, uh, send send the best to them. Likewise, back to you. Appreciate that, man. Yep, just hanging around Columbus for the holiday. Going to do the same thing for Christmas, too, so it's great. Not traveling anywhere. Big football week, big basketball week. Everybody, be safe. Happy Thanksgiving. And before we go, as promised, I'm going to tack on this interview that I recorded earlier today with Matt Sylvester. Great Buckeye, really nice guy as well. He's local. He lives here in Columbus, raising his two kids. So we wish him a very happy Thanksgiving as well and hit one of the most iconic shots in Buckeye basketball history. And you think about where the game was in the mid-2000s. Illinois was undefeated going into that game in March. They wound up going to the national championship game and played North Carolina and played well. And it was that Sean May Tar Heels team. So without further ado... Enjoy this listen. Matt Sylvester, former Ohio State basketball player. Matty Sly, Matt Sylvester is joining us. Matt, happy Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for giving us a few minutes here tonight on the pregame show. How is, how's everybody doing? Everyone is doing really well. And, and not to correct you, Timmy, I never get tired of talking about it. So I uh, appreciate you bringing it up. My 15 minutes. Um, never got me a free cup of coffee, but, but it certainly was a great moment. And uh, good to be here with you that's disappointing that uh, that doesn't carry some weight isn't it 
it's very disappointing. You know, I mean, hey, I decided to go play basketball in a football town. That, that's what happens. That's it, you know. But you know, I, I'm I'm the kind of guy that will bang on the desk until I have no more breath left in my lungs. That this is a basketball school as well as a football school, and it's it's guys like you in moments like the one that you were a part of. It, that's it's the reason for that. And you know, Chris Holtman is a head coach. I know we talked a little bit before. You've met him. I, we're all hoping that he's the guy that brings this program back to where it was under uh, peak Thad Mata. And boy, you're in a good spot. Talk about a a matchup with some history tonight: Buckeyes and Florida Gators. Your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, no, it's going to be a tough one. And uh, this is a great game coming off of a phenomenal win uh, that they just had over Seton Hall. That's a really good team. And uh, so that was a great win. You're coming off of that. It's like a player's uh, dream. You you don't even have practices. You go right from one game to the next one. And that's what players want. And, uh, you know, that's what, what's neat about these preseason tournaments. And uh, I hope they're ready to go. Florida's good. Mike Mike White does a good job down there. Yeah. Uh, 4-0 uh, are the Gators with a couple good wins. And uh, Buckeyes got their hands full. But I, I think they have a great shot. Matt Sylvester is catching up with us. And you know what? A big game. I thought it was the best game of his career in an Ohio State uniform, Justin Ahrens. And it wasn't just how aggressively he was hunting his shot. The guy just was committed on the defensive end. What what have you seen from him, and how important do you think he is to the ceiling that Ohio State can reach? He's incredibly important. You know, he's a guy that can stretch the floor. Um, and, and when the strength of your team is on the interior – which I think this team's is, having a guy like Arns is invaluable. And, and I'm with you, Timmy. I thought last game uh, he just hunted his shot. He had an edge about him. He played with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he guarded it. He rebounded it. He just played tough, and he had a complete game and really put it together. And uh, I'm with you. He, he was one of the stars of that game uh, without, without a doubt. So I the the audience would hate me if I didn't go go back and pick your brain a little bit more on uh, you know March sixth two thousand five. I mean, so it, it's all part of March Madness. It's it's in there. When when that kind of can you almost see a moment like that happening before it does? Like we know about the zone, right? That you get into, and you had a great night that night against Illinois. You had to know you were making that shot if you got the chance to shoot it. Correct. Yes. First, I just had to give you the shot that that fan was giving me the ball. You know, that was usually uh, reserved for Terrence Diamonds or Dakota Foster. Right. right. So the fact that I was getting it, first I had to get over the shot. And, you know, listen, I, I, I was confident, you know, and, and I ended up getting a, a wide open shot because that Mata drew up a terrific quick hitter. Uh, Terrence Diles set a big time screen. So I was wide open and I, and I was confident and uh, I missed a lot in my career. But uh, thank God that one went in. Well, it was unbelievable, and uh, we definitely love catching up with former players, and Matt Sylvester is one of the great ones. He's he's still around town, so if you see him, tell him how great that shot was. Tell him how happy that made you feel 15, 16 years ago, and hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and I hope it's a very safe holiday, all right? Thanks. Likewise, Timmy. Thanks for having me. All right, basketball lovers, that's it. Evil Bald Colin has already left the studio, so I bid you farewell. Enjoy the basketball this week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Stuff yourself. Get some drinks in you. Be safe. Just try to be as happy as you can be. And you can be happier by watching a lot of college basketball. All right, we'll see you on the next edition, next episode of Mad About Hoops.